First Corinthians. Running to win First Corinthians 9, 24 to 27. Until we see Jesus, we need to understand that we're in a race. Let's bow in prayer. Father God, thank you for our time together. Thank you for giving me a reminder of the race that we are in. There's no, no such thing as quitting. You have um, invested a lot in our lives. Before the foundations of the world, you chose us in the beloved. Jesus died on the cross of Calvary for our sins. You have cleansed us based on our confession being sinners and asking forgiveness. And then after we were saved, Lord, not only being called your children, we now, before we get home, we're running a race. Or the race will be finished when you come to, to, to take us home. But Lord, help us to realize we're on the track and you expect results. So help us understand the concept of it. Help us, Lord, to uh, move forward with it. And may you be pleased in our time together. Lord, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, as we think about this whole idea of running to win, um, I'm also thinking about uh, the whole idea of the race that we must run. And uh, so as we come to our first slide then, 1 Corinthians 9, 24 says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run? Only one receives the prize. So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises help self-control in all things, that self-control or discipline. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we have an imperishable. If I do not run aimlessly, I do not box as um, one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control. Lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. We have been chosen from the foundation of the world to live a purpose-driven life. Rick Warren, I kind of, that kind of drive in his book, The Purpose-Driven Life. The results will glorify God, impact the lives of others, and leave a pattern for others to follow. Let us observe the example that the Apostle Paul, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, penned for our benefit. Paul's opportunity. Do you not know that in a race that all manner, uh, all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. So he says, seize the opportunity. Do you know that you have an opportunity? See, so then when you do it, then initiate it with all the energy that you have, this opportunity. Okay. The next Paul's objective. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air but I discipline my body and keep it under control as after preaching to others, I myself may be disqualified. Paul's obligation. I went up because of a revelation and set before them, though privately before those who seem influential, the gospel that I proclaim among the Gentiles, 
in order to make sure that I was not running or have not run in vain. That's why when I think about that song, Give Me Jesus, you will not run in vain. I am. Paul's ongoing responsibility, holding fast to the word of life so that in the day of Christ, I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. Then having observance, this is what the Hebrew writer says, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with, with endurance that the race that's set before us. When you are, there are some things that are not sin, but they're weights. Uh, we have to know the difference of that. And there are some things that we procrastinate and we put off and they become weights and it keeps us. We rationalize when we should be initializing. Um, and so, uh, and so Paul, Paul is saying, or the Hebrew writer is saying that we have a crowd of witnesses, those folks who've been through that, watching us and, and probably encouraging us. These verses help us to understand the intensity of our call, mission, and purpose of running to win. You know, before we go to the next slide, I was thinking about, all this time I was thinking about uh, uh, Pete and a lot of times when he would uh, be in the, the marathons, and how uh, he put all of that energy. Um, and you know, everyone starts off fast, but I've seen some marathons where they have a little, little they have a car uh, that the ones who can't make it, they put them in the car and they're, they're riding behind everybody else that's running. But Pete talks about uh, the intensity of it. And a person just don't jump in there and start running. You got to train for that. You have to really train and be prepared for that. You just don't walk into a race. And listen, saints, listen carefully. As Paul lays this out for us, um, he's saying, listen, this is no small thing. And what we're running for is not some reef that somebody put on your head or some um, gold medal or bronze or silver. Oh, we're going to stand before the Lord. And what the Lord will say during that time means a great deal. Are you a runner? <laughs> or are you a sightseer? Uh, so let's get in the race together as we run. Okay? I think you get the idea. Paul's testimony left a rich and in, in encouraging legacy. I have fought the good fight, finished the race, kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only me, but also all who have loved his appearance. Paul says, this is what I was running for. This is what I was looking at. I'm going to see Jesus. All of us are going to see Jesus. It's how you see Jesus. Okay. You come to, you see Jesus and you didn't use any of the equipment that he gave you. Okay. All that he have done to invest and how he have blessed you and kept you. And you come before him with an excuse, please. Don't do yourself a disfavor by doing something like that. God has invested a lot in your life. And guess what? Regardless of where you are, regardless of how you're stumbling, understand one thing. God still loves you. 
That's one thing that you, you never have to worry about. God will never leave you. You are locked into his family until we get the glory. And it's forever we're locked in that family. And we are initiated and, and also given a name forever. Oh, we will know that name. The name is only given to the faithful ones, though. Uh, they will see a special name that God will give as in Revelation. There's a stone, a, na a name written on that stone that only you and the Lord will know because you've been faithful. So I want to encourage you that we are in a race. Yes, we are in a race. Not only are we in a race, but the whole idea is that uh, there's a reason behind all it. There's a method behind it. We have core values. Jesus Christ. So I concur with, with Paul. And to do that, understand now, the race isn't easy. That's why he said, I fought a good fight. Okay. He said, I kept. He fought and he held on to. And that's what you do. If you're going to finish well, you have to fight and hold on to and never, never quit. I think you got the idea. Paul made it very clear that only winners can, let me list these things out, plan to fight the good fight, stay in the battle. I thought I'd break it out for you, okay? So plan to stay in the fight. Don't say, well, if it gets too tough and I you know Jesus know where I'm at, I'm only human. Oh, that, that rubs me the wrong way every time I hear that. Yes, I know that's why Jesus died because we were, were human who messed up on him. So I have to remind that. Then plan to finish with a sense of accomplishment. Plan to finish. I uh, think about the tortoise and the hare. And uh, you think about the whole idea that uh, they were both in that race in the Aesop fable. And, uh, and, the, and the tortoise, I mean, and the, uh, the hare that's bragging about all the things he can do. I'm the fastest rapper in town, they said it. And, and then the turtle said, hey, you know, I'll race you. And the, the, of course, the rabbit said, well, no, oh, no, you, no, no, you didn't say you want to race me. He said, I'll race you. And so the race wasn't on that day, boy, I tell you, uh, everybody was out. And, and they were talking about uh, the rabbit, Mr. Hare, Mr. Hare, he'll do it, you can do it. And when the song, when, when they gave the signal, oh, look at the split, he went over the hill. And here the turtle moving at his slow pace with his shell. And we interviewed the turtle, and I say, Mr. Turtle, he said, yes, I'm in a race. I can't stop. Say, well, I'll, may I walk along with you? Well, you can. But tell me, why did you get in the race to win? He said, nah, nah, nah. I don't get into the race to win. I get into the race to finish. I said, I'll race. I didn't tell him I beat him. I said, I'll race him. And so I'm in the, I'm in the finish. I trust that we're in the finish. And, and, uh, and I said, well, Mr. Tortoise, I know you're disturbing me, but Mr. Tortoise, I know you're in the finish, but doesn't it bother you to see that, that rabbit take off so fast? He said, well, I'm not keeping my eye on the rabbit. I'm keeping my eye on the goal. That's what Paul was saying. Listen, keep your eye on the goal. Don't keep your eye on all the folks who seem successful. Keep your eye on the goal. Keep your eye on the goal. In the Esau's favor, all of a sudden, the rabbits see so far ahead that he said, boy, you know what? Oh, be, you can hear them uh, uh, running ahead down there. And, uh, hey, brother rabbit, old oh, brother rabbit, you the fastest rabbit in town. Hey, hey, hey. And so he, I mean, he's just running. And then all of a sudden, he decides to rest a little bit. 
but the tortoise kept his eye on the gold and the rabbit fell asleep. And when he fell asleep, the tortoise passed him up and the tortoise was on the top of the hill in my sanctified imagination. And as he was going down the hill, the, the, the crowd was shocked to see the tortoise ahead of the rabbit. And they said, hey, brother tortoise, come on, brother tortoise, you're the fastest tortoise in town. The Norse woke that rabbit up and that rabbit started licking this flicking over, over that hill trying to pass that tortoise. And that tortoise got to the line and got that first paw over the line and won the race. Oh, you see, it wasn't to the swift and the strong. It's those individuals who stay in the race and understand what you, why you're in there to finish and to finish well until you get over that finish line. That's important. And so Paul makes it, he said, plan, plan to finish with a sense of accomplishment. Plan to find satisfaction in being faithful and true. You see, make sure that when you finish, you're not finishing with regrets. I've been faithful. Plan, I, I notice this now, plan means you have to do it. God is not going to do it. You have to do it. Now, God is in work, at work in you both to will and to do his good pleasure, but you have to do the work. Okay, uh, plan on um, feeling the joy and anticipation of being crowned by the Lord. Plan to faithfully encourage others to stay with God's plan. All of that was in that verse that Paul was talking about. Fight, finish, uh, find satisfaction, uh, have that joy, anticipated joy, and then look for others. Reach out to others that they may be winners too. Um, every one of you under the sound of my voice are potential winners. God is with you. The goal is before you. He, God is at work both the willing to do his good pleasure in us. The Holy Spirit is walking alongside of us. Jesus is praying for us. And, and Satan is fighting against us. And the Lord says, keep going. Keep going. There's more going for us than what's going on in this world. For the record, God did not place us in the race to suffer loss. Never give up. Never give up. There are no rewards for losers. If there are, show me in scripture. Show me in God's word where God gives reward to losers. Um, that's a sermon within itself. But another day at another time. Let's go on. As we flip to our next um, slide then, we are looking at thinking it through. All we observe is uh, obtainable for the follower of Christ. We will see the who, what, when, where, and why. But there's one more essential item that requires our immediate attention. How? You know, so when you say run the race and all, you say, how? You know, you have to know how to do it to finish well. And so when the Lord tells us, I, the one thing I, I really appreciate about the Lord, when he tells us to do something, he gives us instructions on how to do it. Uh, like uh, down a person that she and her nursing career and what have you and all that she has done, uh, she's trying to teach these folks. This is you entered into no nursing. You want to be a nurse, but you need to know how to do it. You need to not guess at anything. That's why I give you the test. 
And so with that, as I said, I present to you seven principles that will enable us to finish well. We will only address three. So don't worry about me going down to all of them. We won't get to all of them. I've purposely cut it off at three, okay? And so the first one is discipline of solitude. If you don't know how to get along with the Lord, you won't win. The discipline of worship. The discipline of prayer. We'll deal with those three. All the other stuff I've been saying is just introduction. Okay, then let's get started then. Let's go with the whole idea of the discipline of solitude. But when you pray, go into your room, the place you picked out, and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. Oh, wow, there's a lot said in that verse. There are four things uh, a disciplined spirit will do. Number one, make prayer a way of life. Not praying today, not just on a Sunday or when things go bad or, or when you or you forgot to eat, uh, pray before the meal, so you say, bless that which is within me and all of this other stuff going on. No, you, when you pray, it's a way of life in everything, everything you take to the Lord in prayer. Uh, I trust that you do that. Whatever you do not take in Lord and to the Lord in prayer, you find yourself worrying about. Why do I say that? Because he will keep you in perfect peace if your mind is stayed on him and that we cast all our cares upon him. Then establish a place. Find a place where you can spend that time with the Lord. Um, it doesn't have to be a, a large place. Uh, Find a place. I'm thinking about one of the uh, missionaries and how uh, you take that time to have prayer. It'll come to my, oh, I'm sorry. It's, it's John Wesley. John Wesley had a large family and the mother didn't have a place to pray. And so what the mother would do is take a, um, uh, an apron and put it over her head. And she would put the apron over her head and pray. You find your place. And guess what? The, the Lord will, if you can't find a place, ask God. If you lack wisdom, ask God. He'll show you a place where you can spend time in secret. So it's just between you and him, no show-offs, just you and him. And you can tell them your heart. Oh, by the way, he already knows where you are, but you can share uh, establish the place, then keep it private and personal. Pray, talk to our Father. He is always busy and always available. Busy looking after us, always, and the guess what now? Here's the type of Father we're, we're, we're coming to. He has the whole universe that we know of and what we don't know of, all of, not just thousands of, of stars, but billions of solar systems that have stars. He's, he's managing all of that, not only what's happening here on Earth, and we're still discovering new things here on Earth. He's managing all of that. He's dealing with all of the languages in the, in the world. And then he's dealing with us on an individual level. Wow. God is doing all of that. And yet and still, he has time to meet us in secret. And you know the worst thing that can happen? 
You set the secret place and you don't show up. He is always, always available. Amen. I think you got the idea. There are three things you will experience as a result of that. One, our father will meet you. That's what the scripture says. He'll meet you there. He always shows up. There's not a time when God does not show up. It's just that our, our watch, we, we want God to show up on our time, and God didn't show up on our time. Uh-uh. No, God shows up on his time, but he'll show up. Our Father sees where you are, El Roy. He sees where you are. He has a consistent eye on you at all times. Next, our Father will reward you. He has promised to reward us for being in the right place. Isn't that something? <laughs> if you want a reward, find a quiet place and meet with the Father. And what do you pray in secret, he rewards you openly. God says, a lot of folks are missing out on rewards all because they have not prayed. So a lot of folks are going around deficient spiritually because they have not been rewarded spiritually because they have not met with the Father. You tell everybody else what their problems are. Both feel and sorry for them. They cry and go over and over. You know what? You keep going to people like, like that, and guess what? They will identify you by your problem. Unless you get with the Lord. That's song, I must tell Jesus. I must tell Jesus. I cannot bear these burdens alone. This, this is one of the promises of God. He will meet you in that secret place. Again, I appreciate Brandon Savage when he would say, Jesus will meet you. God will meet you. You say the place and he'll show up. Make sure you're not late. Meet him and you'll find a difference in your attitude and how you face life. Amen? Yeah, I think you got the idea. I think you got the idea. You are always welcome in the quiet place. Jesus will meet you. The question is, do you have prayer as a priority and a scheduled place? If not, why not? Is prayer your priority? And have you already scheduled a place? You know, the first thing, if you say, if you have said no, the first thing you're saying, is, and, it's, and I'm glad that I'm not, I don't see everybody's face or whatever the case may be, is between you and the Lord. If you say no, here's what you're also saying. I have not disciplined myself to be with the Lord. Then don't expect to finish a race without being disciplined. I have never heard of a person being uh, uh, undisciplined in a race. The only thing that comes to my mind, forgive me for this rabbit trail, I think about Forrest Gump. And he just decided to run, okay? And he was running, and he was running. And he got so well-known about running that other folks were running with him. And I mean, it became a big thing and folks were asking him, he just kept on running. He had his, he had his, you know, his various statements, but finally he got to a point where he stopped in the middle of the road and everybody stopped to him. He said, you know, I'm done, I'm going back. And all the folks who've been running with him, those who've been talking and admiring him, he wasn't running for a race. There wasn't a goal. Uh, it was useless. 
So I, I want to encourage you. Schedule a time. Discipline yourself to schedule a place in a time for the Lord. Make it a priority. And you're well on your way to running to win. Amen. The second one is the discipline of worship. Now that we got how we when it comes down to run, let's talk about worship a while. Um, Hebrews 12, 28. Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving the kingdom that cannot be shaken. And thus, let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe. I have a grateful spirit which enhances a, a spiritual environment. Do you come before the Lord because you have to? Or do you come because I'm grateful? Thank you, Lord. For me, I'm not bragging. I'm just simply saying this is what happened in my life. I am thankful for every day. And I look back for what he has done. I make it a habit of looking back for what he has done, what he is doing, and what he has already prepared. I have no room for being ungrateful, except maybe my impatience in wanting it right now. Uh, are you a grateful person? You know the thing that bless God's heart? Is a person who makes a joyful noise unto the Lord. They're not screaming from with their mouths more than screaming from their hearts. They're grateful people. When you're around grateful people, all of a sudden it's become contagious. Uh, now there are some folks who um, who are what they call they have the various uh, personality. That's a sanguine, uh, the choleric, uh, the um, melancholy, and the phlegmatic. Now the, the sanguine is the person who seems outgoing and everything else, and seems like boy, the Holy Spirit is really, really in their life. No, that's their personality. That's their personality. Uh, and you find a person that will come to church with a sanguine personality, and you say, boy, they're really spiritual. Uh -uh. Keep watch on it. Keep watch it. Watch it. I had some very close friends, and I mean, if you talk to that person uh, uh, that. Uh, that was, had that sanguine personality, boy, you would think that you were on cloud nine. That person would talk and be rejoiced, and you can't help but laugh. But you know what? In their quiet moments, in their quiet moments, you saw a different person. And being a friend, I saw them when they're in the presence of others, and I saw the other side of it. And so being grateful. Then you have the, uh, um, not only the, uh, the choleric, the choleric personality, the personality that want to put it, make sure that all the plans are in place. Uh, if you're going to have um, a party, then where it's going to be, who's going to serve, and la, 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 they have it all listed out. That's a choleric personality. Uh, then you have the um, uh, merciful uh, personality. That, that personality is the individual that everybody's there having a good time, but that merciful person, see that person in the corner that seems like they're withdrawing, and they'll spend... The whole time with them, just meeting their needs. Then you have the phlegmatic person, the laid back person. It seems like they don't care. Um, and guess what? We have all of these personalities in the church. I've been making a, a mental note of those uh, personalities, and I try to respect their space. But each one of them, very precious where you are. It doesn't, it doesn't measure your spirituality. That's your personality, Okay. Uh, now, when it comes down to your spirituality, when you want to run with the Lord, you have to have a grateful spirit. You must be thankful and have and have a thankful and joyful heart, which creates a receptive spirit. 
See, when you have that type of spirit, then you can hear what God is saying and you can continually build on that. You're eating, you know, before a race, I, I'm told that they eat a, a lot of carbohydrates, okay? Now the carbohydrates build them up to run well. And so they load themselves up with it. And guess what? With the praise to, to the Lord and giving thanks, that's what you do. Next, we hold an attitude of respect and amazement in our hearts, which express high esteem. When you worship the Lord with, that, with, with an excitement, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord, not to a church building, but to the house of the Lord. When I come among the saints of God, if you have a house of the Lord, if you have a church, thank God for the building. Thank him for providing that. But come in with a heart of thanksgiving, for he has provided all of that and given you the strength to go there. Okay. Well, I think you got the idea. The way to worship. Romans 12.1. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God. To present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world. That's a, that's a deal breaker. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That by testing you may discern what the will of God is. What is good and acceptable and perfect. You see, by doing this, you know that you're right on target. You're pacing yourself well. How are you pacing yourself, saints of God? I think that's that's so important. Um, rabbit trail real quickly. I, I remember back in the service, I was, um, uh, they, they had the, the sergeant had us running, racing against each other, his team against the other team. And, and the guy was saying, I forgot the other soldier's name, but boy, he was tall and uh, from the country, uh, tall and lanky and I mean, boy, he looked like he had some speed. And then the son said, Racket can outrun him. And I said, oh, man. And so uh, he said, Racket can run pretty fast. Go ahead, Racket. Go and run with him. And so they were cheering on the side there. And so the sergeant gave the go. And I mean, we were going at it. And that was the first time I learned about this word, the kick. The kick is... That's when the person starts running and all of a sudden it seems like he has some extra legs that just stretch right. I began to be way back in the distance. And I realized at that time, I'm like the tortoise. I'm not there to win. I'm just there to finish. But there's, there are times in life when you gonna, you uh, see folks kicking right past you. But let me tell you something. Keep worshiping the Lord. You're in, this, you're in this race and the Lord is waiting even at the finish line to say, well done. A good and faithful servant. Worship him. If you want to get there, worship him in spirit and truth. So, amen. So don't be conformed by this world. This world will slow you down. And that's what it'll do. The flesh and the devil, that's they hate what you do when you when you when you focus on the Lord alone and the Lord alone. All right. You've been very patient so far. Stay with me. Reviewing four steps for us to follow. Place your will and lifestyle under the Lord's complete control, having no say-so. Practice a disciplined and holy life, pleasing and honoring to the Lord. Focus on the principles and core values that flow from a disciplined uh, mind. Present your life 
as a confirmation of a person dedicated to the will of God. You got it? Place, practice, focus, present. Now we're looking at a runner, a person that's getting ready to get in this runner, this race and going to look like they're going to do something. They might come in second, they might come in third, or they might come in first, but you keep your mind on the goal, on the finish line, so that you and Paul can say, I have fought a good fight. I have kept the faith. Amen. We'll come to the last one. You've been very disciplined. The discipline of prayer. I, I think that's the next thing that we have to do. The solitude that we, 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 and then the worship of the Lord, and then prayer. You know, that's not getting down to the nitty gritty. It's, 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 here are the things that need to happen. Just getting into the race, being prepared. First Thessalonians 5, 17, pray without ceasing. I desire then that in every place the men should pray, lifting up holy hands without anger or quarreling. Uh, there's no way in the world you can pray effectively and you angry. Okay. Um, what should I pray about? Everything. Everything. That's what the Lord wants you to do. Pray about everything. One thing that has, I've uh, found, and I've said before, one thing i found individuals uh, when they ask for prayer requests, uh, uh, it's rare the individuals say, well, pray because I have a, uh, I have a uh, quick temper or high, high, they never put where they are, it's where other people are. Um, I appreciate uh, Doug sharing a lot of times where he's at and where his heart is. Thank you, Doug. That gives me, uh, uh, things to pray about, not to talk about, to pray about. But I wouldn't know how to pray if you didn't say it, okay? And so um, so we should pray uh, about everything. How should, should I pray? Pray with a heart that trusts God for the outcome. Do you trust? And when you're praying, are you trusting God for the outcome here? Or, or to your expected outcome? We call it unrealistic expectations, so I'm praying and I'm expecting this to happen. Then when it doesn't act, happen, then you got an attitude toward the Lord because the Lord didn't do it. Well, the Lord said, Lord, I didn't promise. He said, I didn't promise it. I promised to reward you. I promised to be there with you. But I didn't promise according to your expectations. Take your expectations. And there's a, there's a certain file. Don't have one I can send it to you. File 13. Throw it into file 13. I got all of the junk of my file 13. Okay. Uh, how should we pray? Pray with a heart that trusts God for the outcome. There are various positions you should pray in. Take your pick. You can pray laying on the floor. You can pray on your knees. You, I remember brother talking about, I'm going to, I just want to lay out before the Lord. Brother fell asleep, you know, <laughs> during the, the whole process. Uh, pray, pray in a way that will keep you awake uh, and before uh, the Lord. Amen. So so the positions, you you take the position. God doesn't say you have to stand or you have to kneel or you have just make sure that in all of it, God has your heart in the process. Uh, then make sure that it's not based on unrealistic expectation, which I mentioned before. Note, there's a tendency of the flesh to lean toward things outside God's will. He will not hesitate to say no. Uh, and uh, he'll, he'll say it real quickly too, no. And Paul, Paul kept saying, Lord, 
I beseech the Lord three times. Lord, if just this, if you just remove this from me, I could probably more effective. The Lord said, No, no, no. What part of no you don't understand? And then the Lord explained why he said no. He said, Because my grace is sufficient for you. When God does not answer your prayer, then remember the other part. My grace is sufficient for you. And be like Paul, he says, then more gladly then will I suffer. More gladly will I embrace it. Because I'm moving by not only God's saving grace, but now we're talking about God's sustaining grace. And God's sustaining grace through prayer will bring about results. Go into that closet, shut the door, and your father who have already, is already there in secret will be there with you in secret and reward you because you showed up. Uh, that's how we get in this race. You want to be a, a fast runner? Then, then takes prayer. You, 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 need to, you need to get along with the Lord. You need to worship him. Then you need to pray. Yeah, I think you pretty much get the idea. Uh, one last thing. I've been to ears enough here. <laughs> the Lord has made a tremendous investment in our lives. And he has made an eternal commitment to love us. Regardless of our level of growth, let us run determined to make him look good. Amen. Let's follow the prayer. Father God. We come before you this morning and we see those who know you uh, and you're, we're your children. We know that we've been placed in a race. You determined that before the foundations of the world. You set it all up. Our sins are washed away. You have given us a new direction, a new level of energy. And with the Godhead 100% behind us and, and not all going against your will, we have everything it takes to be winners. Oh, Lord, help us not to enter this, uh, the life that you have for us in the future with regret. And to keep from that doing that, Lord, help us to discipline ourselves today to run to win because we are more than conquerors to him that love us. And if there be one under the sound of my voice that have uh, not given their life to Jesus Christ, I pray for them, Lord, that you're not willing that anyone should perish. You wanna put all of them in the race. And Lord, I pray that they recognize that they are sinners, they admit it, and that they uh, repent or turn to you, rejecting all their sins and ask forgiveness and accept your savior and trusting that you are faithful to forgive them of all their sins. Thank you for our time. Great is your faithfulness. It was in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.